fifth commandment is what we're on today. Honor your father and your mother. Now you think, you know, how, how much can that really impact a life? Well, this is huge. And our culture really struggles uh, with this command. Here's what it says in Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Fifth commandment. And here it is in the New Testament. It's so important. It was repeated again. Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. <clears throat> and then honor your father and mother. I just want to say that that is a lifelong command for everyone. You, you don't obey as a child, but you honor your father and mother all your life long. This is a command of the Lord. This is the first commandment with a promise. Interesting that this is so important to God. That he says, there's a promise here, and here's the promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you'll have a long life on the earth. Now, the modern day version of this would say, uh, parents, obey your children. Parents, honor your children. That's what America is into these days. That's not going too well for us, because children don't have the wisdom that parents have with all the lives they've lived. I want to encourage you to lead your children to honor you so that they might be blessed and understand the truth of God's word here. A young guy was talking with his dad about um, what little boys know and what fathers know. And the boy asked, do fathers always know more than their sons? And the dad said, yes, son, they do. And the boy said, who invented telephones? And dad said, well, that was Alexander Graham Bell. And his father said, or uh, uh, rather the boy asked, if fathers always know more than their sons, then why didn't Alexander Graham Bell's father invent the phone? <laughs> Just a sign that kids need help uh, along the way, and we need to lead them. But we struggle with this commandment in America. Other cultures do way better than we do. Um... God said it's a big deal to him, but on our television programs and the movies, parents are not the bright ones, it's the children on those sitcoms and those movies. You notice that? Uh, dads especially are just uh, personified as buffoons who don't know anything and have no knowledge and aren't worthy of respect. Well, what the, what the culture shows us is the wrong direction. Think of this. Why did God make one of his Ten Commandments to honor our parents, but not all these other forms of legitimate authority? I mean, really, he could have said, honor me, but that, that wasn't one of the commandments. He said, honor your mother and father, because, i pick it up there, it's in the middle of that paragraph on your screen, because if children honor and respect their parents, they will invariably show honor and respect to their teachers, to police officers, to their bosses, and to all legitimate authority. If you don't help your children understand the importance of honoring you or honoring your husband or your wife, your spouse, then you're bringing them to a place where they could literally have major struggles in the culture. Because they'll have, if they have trouble with authority at home with you, they'll have trouble with authority everywhere. That's why this commandment is so important. There have been millions of dollars of research recently to discover the world starting to discover the truth of God's word because they're seeing that when there are solid parents in the home who love and the kids will follow the parents, 
that everything goes better for their lives. Isn't it funny that they, they researched that and found that out? When God's written it down for us a long time ago, let's pray and then I'm going to challenge you. I, I got to be honest with you. I think there's almost a rebuke that is necessary in our culture for what we've done to moms and dads. Uh, we've just totally ignored this one. So let's pray that God will help us. Father, uh, your word is not to condemn, it's just to bless. I pray that your, your truth will set us free. And I pray, Lord, for even miracles that would happen this morning in relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. So three things about honoring your parents. The first is this, blessings if you do. God's word is promising you blessings if you honor your parents. <clears throat> it says you'll have better health and live longer. Exodus 20, 12, and I'll have that on there several times, but I'm underlining different words as we emphasize them. Honor your father and mother, and then you'll live a long, long life. Did you know when kids follow their parents' advice, they don't hang around with the wrong people, if they'll follow that, if they follow their advice to stay away from drugs and alcohol, if they'll follow their, lives to stay, their, their advice to stay away from vices, kids will live longer. I mean, there's a direct correlation between following the truth and, uh, that, that your parents would lay before you and, and actually having a better life. And it says, essentially, when you live a full life, it says in verse 12 as well, that you'll be happier. Full life, it means better, good, stronger relationships. If you have a good relationship with your parents because you've honored them, you're going to have good relationships in many other places as a result. You'll have a happier life. You have a better relationship with your children when you have children because you understand these truths. And honestly, you're going to be more fulfilled in life if you honor your mother and father. Who's telling us this stuff these days? God's telling us that. Now, how, how big of a deal? You know, God loves us even when we make mistakes, right? True, but your parents, you, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say as a parent that I, I haven't been able to, to get it completely right. I'm not a perfect parent. But I try, and I, I love the Lord, and I, I, I love my children. My dad and my mom didn't get it completely right, but they did pretty good. And I, and I love them, and I want to honor them for all the sacrifice that they've made in our life. And people say, well, what, how big a deal is it if you rebel? Come on, every teenager rebels, right? Well, look what 1 Samuel 15 says about rebellion. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. What? That's a, a good thing to emphasize during a Halloween season. Re to rebel is as bad as witchcraft. Witchcraft, you're going to get out there, you're going to follow the wrong direction, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get wounded, you're going to get damaged. Evil spirits will, will do stupid things to you. And, and you know, if there's a God, there's a devil. I just want you to know. And Jesus cast out demons six times in the New Testament. So that stuff's real. But it's a diminutive power there. God's all-powerful. We stand in power and authority. However, rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Now, this is talking to a guy who's rebelling against God, but that's the point. If you rebel against this commandment right here and say, well, you don't know my parents. You don't know where it's been. My parents, look, I'll tell you this. This is what I've learned in this society. Most people who are mad at their parents have made them worse than they actually ever were. That's what I found in 20 years of pastoring. That they just talk about the negative and make everything bad and pretty soon they talk themselves into believing things that weren't ever actually true. I'm just telling you, that's the way I've seen it as I've counseled with people along the way. Good parents, because our society has taught people to do that. Blame it on somebody else. They did it wrong. That's why I can't do it right. 
Be careful. You'll lose out in life everywhere when you rebel. And when you choose not to honor your parents, you're losing something of the blessing that the Lord wants you to have. You're losing that full life. You're, you're, you're giving, giving it away in essence. And here's a thought for you. You'll be a better person and parent if you honor your parents. The basic principle is if, if you can't follow well, you won't know how to lead. That's true in business, isn't it? You don't want to put someone in leadership who cannot follow because you will have chaos. And it's true in parenting as well. If someone has rebelled and, 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 and um, they, they didn't follow well and they, that's, there's no value there for them, what happens is when they have children, well, it tends to repeat the cycle. Because you, you, you're not teaching the values, you didn't honor the values, you're not teaching those values, and as a result, you end up having trouble, and the same mistakes you made, they might be repeated. And it hurts a lot when you're a parent, when those things happen. Here's a thought for you as well. The way you treat your parents is most likely the way your children will treat you. Whew, so be careful with those negative words, Right? You say, well, I can't find anything good to say. Well, if you can't find anything good to say, can you at least not say anything at all? I mean, that would be better. On the other hand, if you honor your parents, you're more likely to be honored. If you're speaking kind words about how you love your mom and your children hear that, adult children even, they hear that, you're, you're showing them the way. And, and really, if it's sincere, that's when it's really working best and and genuine because they see the love. They see you walking arm in arm. They know that you overlook their flaws, just like they overlook your flaws. And something dynamic starts to happen. The scripture principle is with the measure you meet, it's measured unto you. You want to give a bunch of uh, criticism? Get ready for it. Um, I had a friend who didn't quite understand this. Um, when I was 21 years old, I was an intern um, a senior in college and in Escalon, California at my dad's church. And so I was going through the summer and it was, it was a term for me where he was giving me assignments. I was fulfilling them in the pulpit and some things like that and getting college credit for it. During that summer, Karen and I, my wife, got engaged. So she's in the area living with my sister as well that summer and uh, I'm staying with my parents. Well, I'm 21 years old, I'm engaged, I'm about to be married and my dad puts a curfew on me in his home. And, uh, you know, I'd ask the questions, Dad, you know, I thought maybe, uh, since I'm a little older, I, 10.30 would be early and I could come in at midnight or something at least. And he said, no, no, because we get woken up when you, when you, we wake up when you come in, just, just 10.30. And I didn't like it, to be honest with you. But, and I remember um, when one of my friends discovered it in the area, he didn't have a dad that was present. He said this to me, he said, uh, you don't have to put up with that. You, I mean, you're old. You don't have to stay there. You can just come live with me. You only have six more weeks and I won't even charge your rent. Just come stay with me. And you know what I said to him? I'm not doing that, Bruce. He said, why not? You're going to let your dad do that to you? I go, Bruce, he's my dad. I love him. It is his house. This is what he wants. If I leave his house, he's going to think that I don't want to be with him. All over this, it's not worth it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to honor what he wants and it'll all be good. And it was. I ended up having a 10.30 curfew all summer long, and uh, we had a great relationship. It's funny what we'll let just throw us out of whack 
as if that's some big deal that is ruining our lives when the truth is if we rebel you know did you know the bible doesn't say obey your parents now this is for some younger ones here it doesn't say obey your parents only when they're right no parent can always be right but they have to make a call it's called leadership no leader always makes the right call but they do their best the bible says if if you're if you're in that home children obey your parents follow them God will honor you for it. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest reasons I've been blessed in my life. I truly believe this. It's because I've loved my parents. And I've honored my parents. And I care about my parents. Do you know the Bible makes such a big deal about it when we're adults? Jesus even rebuked some people in the Bible who were saying this. They were saying, well, I know we're supposed to help our parents financially when they're in trouble. That's what the Bible says in the Old Testament. Uh, you, you know, in, in, in the Korah. But what I'm, what I'm going to, or, 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 or uh, uh, the Pentateuch, and what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give the money to God in an offering at church. And Jesus rebuked him for that. He said, hey, you know what the word says. You take care of your parents. He was saying it's more important that you follow this command than it is that you put money in the offering for, for missions and ministry and other things going on. Well, that's something we kind of want to just be on our own these days, right? It's hard enough on our own. God says, I want you to even be concerned about those things. The word honor means to show respect, reverence, and check this out, awe. Are you in awe of your parents? Are your parents awesome to you? Um, Well, reverence, to revere. The whole this special, our culture really struggles with this. We don't value age. We don't value wisdom. The Bible says gray hair is a crown of wisdom. Uh, if, you, if you go into a Japanese culture, they're the most honored people in that culture, but not in America. And that's a problem. They've got it better than we do, and they don't even, in, in, that, in that one thing, they don't even know Jesus predominantly as a culture. They, have, they haven't had him pervasive in their culture. Colossians 3.20, children obey your parents in everything and then here's why you should obey, why you should honor. You know, you obey, by the way, when you're in the home. When you marry, the Bible says leave and cleave so it's a new family unit so you're not, you don't have to obey their every command once you leave that home and you're on your own. But you do need to honor them all your life long. That is, that is the principle. But why do you need to obey and then honor? Look, look what it says here, for this pleases the Lord. Now, I, I can understand that I'm probably irritating a few of you right now because you're saying, you don't know my parents. You don't know what they did. You don't know how they were, and it's true I don't. We're gonna talk about that a little further when, when parents haven't done a good job, when they've done terrible. And yet we have this principle where he doesn't say, you know, if they're bad, you're off the hook. Don't honor them. He never says that. He never says only honor them when they're honorable. He says honor your parents. Why would we do that even when we don't feel it? Because the Bible says this pleases the Lord. That's the bottom line. It's enough for me. We're getting this word that it's gonna, that he'll bless us when we do it, but we're also hearing from him, this really pleases me. I think you want to please your heavenly father. I want to please him. It's not really too hard to believe that God will especially watch over those who are obedient to him and honor their parents. It's not, that's not hard to believe. He said, I'm, I'm going to bless you in special ways because you honor them. So blessings if you do. And the second thought, troubles when you don't. Troubles if you don't. It's the opposite of good health, poor health. You'll not live as long. 
Then you will live a long, full life, it says. Well, the opposite of living a long, full life, if you don't honor, is shorter life. Now, this doesn't mean that everyone who died young dishonored their parents. What he's stating here is a principle that when children obey their parents in the Lord, and that means, by the way, in the Lord, you don't obey your parents if they're asking you to to deliberately go into sin. That's a whole different issue for another sermon, but you don't do that. But you obey your parents in the Lord, they will escape, that when you do this, you'll escape a great deal of danger in your life, a great deal of pain in your life. It means that you'll avoid the things that could threaten or shorten your life or ruin your quality of life. Sin always robs us and obedience always blesses us. So with this command, honor your parents, blessing will flow. So how do your parents protect you? They say, don't hang around with that person. When parents say that, you, you, you better beware. When you start sneaking around behind their backs and hanging with people who, who drink and, and party, and after all, let's, let's get it right, right down to where it is. It's illegal before you're 21 to drink, so it's always wrong and it's always sin if you're under 21. And when parents are telling you these things, they're just trying to bless you. They're just trying to help you. They're just, they, they know when, when that girl might be sexually active. The Lord even speaks to them about these things. And when they give you cautionary thoughts, you ought to listen. I, um, I didn't share it in the first service, but I'm just going to share a piece. My sister is serving the Lord now and she's doing great. But there was a time in her life where she married a man that my parents sat down with her and said this, please don't do this. He doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't follow Jesus. He'd been married twice before and she was very young. It was her her first marriage. They just discerned in their spirits it wasn't right and she did it anyway. I love my sister. God loves my sister. My parents love my sister. My sister has been through unbelievable pain because she did not listen to them. I'm not gonna tell you how bad it was but it's just about as bad as it gets. When your parents talk to you, they're trying to help you. Listen to them. When they talk about wasted time or laziness, they're trying to help you. When they talk about hard work being something that pays off and they want to see it, they're not against you. They're trying to help you with principles from God's word. And when you rebel, and it'll lead to things like drug abuse and alcohol abuse because the enemy starts you on a gradual decline and then he just wants to take you deeper and further into sin than you ever imagined you would go. Sexual addiction. Alcohol addiction. And unless the grace and power of God shows up, ruined lives. Unhealthy lifestyles. All these things cause shorter lives. So trouble when you don't. It's a shorter, it, it, it costs painful and even shorter lives. Disregarding, dishonoring, ignoring the direction leads to, to pain for ourselves and those around us. There's wisdom there. Your parents have made mistakes in, in their lives when they were younger. It just makes sense to me that instead of saying, let me make my mistakes, that's so dumb because it just hurts and ruins your life, wouldn't it be better to say, hey, I think I'd like to learn from your mistakes so I don't have to repeat the pain. 
They don't want you to go through the pain they went through if they made mistakes. They're not saying they're perfect, but they know something. I don't know how they know what they know. I mean, I mean, moms just have this sixth sense where they can just figure out what you're thinking, you know, and what's going on and where you're at and where you've been and all that stuff. My dad, I think the Lord just spoke to him. You know God speaks to parents because he speaks to leaders for the people they lead. Parents lead their children. He'll speak to them about you. I remember uh, I was a senior at Bend High School, a lava bear playing on the basketball team and we were practicing at Central Oregon Community College, which we did often. And in the afternoons when we were done with practice, I like to stop by the Circle K, get a 42-ounce big gulp and play pinball. Just my way of relaxing. And one day, my dad, see, I drove his beautiful, amazing car, a station wagon, down to practice every day. He told me, son, I don't want you taking my car to that Circle K. I mean, I can understand it if you're going to a party or, you know, you're going someplace bad, but Circle K? And I said, why, dad? And he said, well, there's a bar next to there, and somebody might just come out of there, a drunk driver, and hit the car. It's five o'clock in the afternoon when I'm there. I said, really, Dad? Really? Have you heard that from your kids before? Really? You're going to do this? I said, Dad, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. I don't even know if the bar's open. He said, hey, it's my car, right? I go, yeah, it's your car. Then if you want to drive it, you, you bring it home when you're done with practice. Okay, so I did that for a while. Then one day, I just wanted a big gulp and I thought I'll stop and get a big gulp and I got my pop and then I was walking out and the pinball machine was calling me you know and I just thought really I mean nothing what could go wrong really I mean that's so I went and I set that big gulp on that pinball machine I started playing having fun just kind of tuning out the world enjoying myself for just a moment and I heard the guy behind the counter walk over to me and he said hey dude is that your car I go, well, what do you mean? He's a station wagon. I go, I'm driving. He goes, dude, someone just hit it and took off. So I walk out there. Honest to goodness truth. A drunk guy from next door at 5 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> hit this car. Not only did he hit it, but he grabbed hold of the bumper. His bumper grabbed the, the hinge side of the door and sprung it backwards all the way out. He peeled out and drove away. And I'm standing there looking at a reverse opening of the door and thinking... <laughs> You have got to be kidding me. How does, every time I did something, I got caught as a kid. I mean, God was, God was just making sure that I knew the consequences of my sin so I didn't get killed somewhere later. I remember that conversation with my dad, which was very uncomfortable. <laughs> Why'd you stop there? Because I, I just didn't think it would happen. Well, it did happen, didn't it? Yes, it did. It happened, Dad. It happened. You're right. You know, eventually, if we go against... Um, well, let me, let me just say this. I believe that when you teach your, your kids to honor you, to listen to you, to follow you, it makes it easier for them to follow God. Because He's the ultimate authority. Right? Your parents are going to say something sometime... It doesn't make any sense to you. But if you'll learn to be obedient, 
then something's going to happen in your Christian life. You're going to come to a point where God's going to speak to you and you don't quite get it. But because you know he's the ultimate authority, there's something about this that's a principle that goes beyond just parents. You say, Lord, if that's your word, this might be one of those things today. That does not make sense to me. But if it pleases you, Lord, I'm going to do it. I say do it till your feelings catch up. That's what I say. Because you're going to be blessed. Make the feelings the caboose, not the engine of the train. The engine is faith. If he says it, we're going to follow. And if you follow by faith the truth, the feelings will eventually come along too. God's trying to bless us. And if you're not careful, if, if you not only rebel, but you don't listen, and then you move to this place of, of being critical of your parents, where your children are hearing, and your husband or wife has to hear it, and your friends at work are hearing, you're in, you're in danger. There's a chance you'll become a critical and potentially a bitter person if you live there. So God doesn't want us to live there. If you pop off to your parents, you'll pop off to anybody. If you criticize your parents, you'll criticize anyone. Your mouth will get you in trouble with authority continually if you're continually popping off to your parents. You'll lose clout with people. They'll not think you're a good person. You'll lose jobs because you can't get along with your boss and things won't go well for you in life. Maybe worse, if we're speaking negative things on a regular basis that people hear, hear, especially our children, worst case scenario, you'll smear bitterness all over your children. They'll not only not like your, their grandparents, they'll not like you when the time comes that there's a difference of opinion. When we have bitterness, it hurts those around us. Hebrews 12, 15, and I'm, I'm speaking, I want to be, be sensitive, but some, sometimes you, 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 you got to wake people up. Just wake them up. Because we can so easily justify that we've been wronged in this culture. And you may have been wronged. I'm not saying you weren't wronged by your parents. But, but there's still this truth that will set us free. This truth that will keep us from the place of bitterness. This truth that makes our lives better. Honor your parents. So see to it in Hebrews 12 that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. To defile many means if you get bitter and that spews from your mouth about things, then your children and everybody around you will get that, what another version of the Bible calls it, root of bitterness as well. Defile. Mess them up. And then ultimately, if we're not careful, we become like the parent we never wanted to be. If we're not careful. We didn't like the way they talked about us or the things they said to us. And, and perhaps they were really wrong. But if we're going to speak the same way that they spoke, we're not really, we're not really getting better. And let me, let me just say this to you. Your parents don't have to do the right thing for you to be healed. So many people today make the mistake of feeling like, well, when he apologizes, when she does this, that's when this thing will be reconciled. That's, that's when I'll feel better about it. Well, look, here's, here's, here's the reality. What if they never do? What if you're hurt and the only way you think you can be healed is for them to do the right thing and what if they never do the right thing? Because that happens a lot. Then you'll never, ever be well. The truth is God can heal you even if they never do the right thing. You don't need them to do the right thing to be healed. 
All you need to do is come to Jesus and let him know how bad you're hurt. Offer it up to him and let him bring healing to your heart and he will heal you and bless you and set you free. And when you see them, because you're set free, you won't feel the same way and your children will never see the bitterness because you've been healed. They'll see you honoring someone who probably isn't worthy of honor and they'll say, wow, look how much mom loves, look how much dad loves. And and they'll know that it had to be God who did this and now God grows in their eyes as well. So that moves me to the third point. I'm kind of honored already. Do the right thing as far as it depends on you. So if you've been hurt, and this is hard, you know, there, there are some people who've not only been hurt with words and abused physically, there are some people who've been abused sexually. Well, that, I promise you, God hates that. And I promise you, God's a God of justice as well. He'll take care of things. But I know for our lives, Think of your life and the sin you've committed. Perhaps it wasn't as deep or terrible as that, but I'm glad he gave me mercy for the place that I sinned. But we live in a culture where some people have been treated well by their parents and this is easier and some people have been treated terrible. If, if, if we'll do the right thing as far as it depends on us, we can't do it for them. We can't make them do the right thing now. We can't make them do the right thing later. I am, you are responsible for your thoughts. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says, take every thought captive that sets itself up against me and my truth. So we're responsible for our thoughts. We're responsible for our feelings as well. Because we can change the thought and it changes the feeling. And then our action becomes different. God can meet us and renew our mind and transform us where, where we're okay even when everything else isn't. Even though things have been bad, in the past, in Minnesota, in Ramsey County, there was a ninth and tenth graders, uh, tenth graders rather, who were interviewed recently about their dads, and and they, they were all over the spectrum. Give one word that explains your dad. Well, there was one group um, that that was saying kind and and security is the word and safety, and then there was another group that said jerk, and angry, and mad, and absent. I, um, um, I want to speak this delicately because I love my dad and on a day that we're talking about honoring, um, I, I, I certainly don't want to violate that principle. But my dad had a rough life. He left home at 15 years old. His dad had died. His mother beat him with boards and locked him in a shed for days to punish him. As discipline, he had uh, jars busted over his head. And then he's gone and out of that home when his dad dies. My dad had some issues because of that. And although he loved us, he couldn't quite figure it all out in the early days. I'll tell you, when everything started getting better for dad, and we could see it in our home, and that's when he came to Jesus. It happened when I was about eight. And suddenly, this man started digging in and trying. Now, I always felt his love. I always knew he loved us, but, but he, he wasn't doing everything right. I haven't done everything right as a parent. And, you, you know, you can look at a dad sometimes who's not doing well with his young children. If you're not careful, you'll just make a judgment without any understanding of where they've been and how they've been hurt. How can they get well unless Jesus heals them? 
How can they know unless they find out? So the grace of God must flow. And thank God that his grace came to my dad. And as a result, it came to our family. And I saw him get better and better and better all his life long. And, and one of the great things about my dad that I love so much is he's 84 years old and he's still growing in the Lord. It's amazing. There are things that I could look at and I could get mad about them. And I could say, he didn't do that right. There are things my kids could look at and get mad at me for and say, he didn't do it right. And I'm the pastor, for goodness sake, right? I'm supposed to get everything perfect, but I haven't been able to. But i tell you how I've chosen to frame this. I'm so glad that my dad fought hard to do the right thing. I'm so glad that even though he had struggles, that he came to Jesus. I'm so glad that he kept laying things on the altar. And all along the way, I saw him get better. The reason I know there's a God today is because he changed my dad's life. He changed my dad. Now here's a question if someone's hurt you and maybe it's a deeper hurt than I've ever known. I don't, I, I don't want to act like I've had a deeper hurt than you because some of you, just, I remember the first year as a pastor, some of the counseling we were doing um, I called Karen, I said, I, I can't wait to see your dad again because when I see a man, I'm just gonna kiss him and say, thank you for treating this girl right. Because I got a jewel because of Alan Jane. Amazing people. And if you've had great parents, for goodness sake, if you're not honoring them, <laughs> love them, thank them. Tell them, did you know nothing makes their day more than getting a call from you and saying, you know, you've been a great mom to me. Thank you for all your sacrifice and your love. Their whole day, they'll be floating on air. You say, well, I, I, I you know, I, they didn't do it just right. Well, did they love you? Did they bring you into this world? Do you know what I heard? That women who raise their children, I just read this this week in a survey if they didn't have children, would have three months more free time every year to do whatever they wanted to do. <laughs> you stole three months of vacation from your mother all your life long. You could at least thank her for that, right? <laughs> it's a tremendous sacrifice to watch over the cares, the concerns, the prayers. But I, I just chose to say about my dad... And my mom, you know what? From where he come, came from, he did awesome. He had to go through a lot. Unbelievable the way he overcame when you look at it all. So they've caused great grief in some cases. You say, hey, my, my story's way worse than that. Well, here's, here's a question. Do you want your parents to die and go to hell? Who, these ones who've made these terrible mistakes, do you want them to die and go to hell? Is that how you want them to pay? I, I know that's direct and, and harsh, but, but I'll tell you, Jesus doesn't want them to. No matter, what, no matter what they've done, he doesn't want them to go to hell. You know how I know? Because he said he's not willing that any should perish, but he wants all to be saved. And if you knew their story... They don't tell you what they experienced in war. 
because they don't want to burden you. They can't get it out because they don't know how to explain it because they'll break down when they were hurt so bad when they were children. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. And they've carried it and they don't know how to get free. And then hurt people hurt people. Do we want them to be miserable all their lives? Do we want them to pay for what they did? Listen. When you forgive, and that's what some of us need to do with our parents, forgive them. It doesn't mean that what they did to you is okay. It doesn't take them off the hook. You're taking them off your hook because you don't require anything to be happening so that you can be well because God will heal you anyway if you look to Him. But you can put them on God's hook. God says, I'll repay. God says, I've got, you know, He has judgment and judgment will fall on people who won't repent of their sins. Someday judgment will fall. It's part of the word. But until then, He wants, He's reaching, He's loving everyone to be saved. Romans 12, 17, because I, this is a passage about enemies and it's been so bad that to some of you, they are the people that have caused you the biggest pain, the biggest grief, and if you're honest, you hate them. And Romans 12, 17 says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And there's that, as far as it depends on you, do all that you can. You can't, you can't do it for them, but you, you can do the right thing for you, according to God's word. The interesting thing is when you do the right thing, it gives them their best chance to see God and to be changed. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay back, says the Lord. And justice makes sense when you think of these horrendous sins that are committed against children. But here's what it said. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And that doesn't mean, you know, hurt owie. In that, in that culture, if a person got a chill in their body, they would take a, a, a towel and wrap it around their head that was wet and put hot coals on top of it to warm them, because that's where you lose the heat is from your head, to warm their whole body back to normalcy. And I believe that the interpretation of this is that when we love them the way the word says, that we warm them to a place where they can see the love of God, feel the love of God, experience the love of God. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Forgiveness heals your heart and allows you to become your best self for God and for others. I want to read a story to you from a uh, Christian counselor named Gary Smalley from one of his books. It's a true story about a man named Denny. And Gary Smalley in his book says, football practice was over and Denny was sore from head to toe. Slowly he climbed the graffiti-laden stairway of the aging apartment building and suddenly his mother's chilling screams pierced the cold still air. Denny had heard that sound many times before. Still a sickening knot formed in his stomach. He had tried for years without success to quell his father's drunken fits of anger and abuse. Today would be different. Something snapped inside of him, and with adrenaline pumping, Denny stormed through the apartment door, tore his dad away from his mother, 
and hardened by the years of football training, he hammered his dad with two quick punches. Then empowered by years of burning memories, he lifted his own dad from the floor and threw him through the second story window of that apartment. Amazingly, his father sustained only minor injuries in that fall. But memories of what he had done haunted Denny through two marriages and a string of friendships shattered by his own fiery temper. Alcoholism, of, of all things, alcoholism, something he swore that he would never destroy his life as it had his father's, that he wouldn't let it destroy his life, slowly ate away at him as well. Little did Denny realize that if he had any chance at all of a worthwhile life, it would come by learning to honor his death. Miraculously, even Denny discovered the freedom to be found in honoring his dad. After six years, Denny finally consented to attend church with an old high school teammate. And at that service, he placed his faith in Jesus Christ. Soon he met and married a wonderful Christian widow. Prompted by that lovely woman and several of his Christian friends, Denny placed three phone calls to his dad over a seven-year period. Each call began with, Dad, I love you, only to abruptly be cut off by the prompt click on the other end. Finally, on the fourth attempt, Denny was able to convince his father to listen. And in the ensuing moments, he explained how much his life had changed and how he could forgive and honor his dad now because of all he had been forgiven of. Several months passed. One day his mother called him at the office with the shocking news that his father was near death. And before he could leave the airport, his mother called again to report that his dad had disappeared. His father had checked into an alcoholic rehabilitation clinic in order to be able to talk with Denny about spiritual things while he was sober before he died. And Denny got to see his dad again when he was sober. And he had the incredible privilege that day of leading his own dad to the Lord. A few months later, his dad died. And this book says Denny waits with great anticipation to see him again, eager to pick up where they left off. Having found the freedom in giving the gift of honor, Denny now moves through life unencumbered by the chains of hate that once paralyzed him. By choosing to bestow honor even when it wasn't deserved. I'm going to read that again. By choosing to bestow honor even though it wasn't deserved. He liberated himself and brought his own dad to Jesus Christ. For Denny and for others, the gift of honor can bring the gift of eternal life to others. Colossians 3.13 says it this way. Get along with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person. Because the Lord forgave you. When you do good, when you love, when you reach out, when you let God heal your heart, bitterness goes away. You're no longer wounded because of what another has done. You're healed and you can raise your children in a healthy home and bless them. I love this scripture and I want to close with this scripture that's on the screen It's the same chapter that the Ten Commandments are written in. 
We're going over the fifth commandment today. And this, this happens before the commandments are spoken. God says, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Unfailing love for a thousand generations. You know, one of the things I love about that is perhaps you've had a really bad past. Your family's history is horrible. If you'll start to do the right thing and follow God and his truth today, if you'll give him your whole life and let him have the steering wheel of your life, then you start the first generation of the thousand that are to come where he's going to lavish his love. You're turning everything around. It's the new day. You're the champion for generations to come because you said, I'm not going to let bitterness weigh me down. I'm not going to let hate fill my heart. I am going to follow God's word and his way and you set not only yourself, but generations free and the chain, that vicious cycle is finally broken. You are the new warrior. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, let's thank the Lord for that.